on today's episode of Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. We'll say, I just, I'm not attracted to him. He's boring. I'm just not feeling it. You know, it's just, we just don't have that chemistry because that chemistry that you're used to is based on drama and trauma patterns. Ain't nothing wrong with that good man. You need to heal. (laughs) I'm just saying, me too. This episode is sure to deliver stimulating conversations and aha moments that may give you a fresh perspective. If any moment made your soul vibrate, please leave us a review and let us know if we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Tuesday, so be sure to subscribe and visit BlackGirlsGettingTheirShiftTogether.com to access exclusive offers and coaching packages. The coaching packages include clarity calls, VIP one-on-one exclusive coaching, and my absolute favorite, the Tribe Vibes. A Tribe Vibe is a twist on ladies' night, focusing on self-care for black women with a holistic approach. Welcome to Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. I'm your host, Ursula, a transformation life coach and mental health and wellness advocate. This is a safe space for amazing Black women to share open, honest dialogue about mental health and wellness, self-care, self-love, and basically how to get our shift together. Let's tune in to this week's episode. She's a show favorite, and she's one of my favorite people that I talk to all the time, and I really do adore her. And when you all see her face, you're going to say, oh, yeah, I remember her. I remember her. So let me bring my beautiful guest out of the waiting room. There she is. Happy Valentine's Day. Thank you. Happy Valentine's to you. Let me move over just a bit. Yes, I'm so grateful to be here today on this day of love. And if I can just take a moment to remind everyone that you don't need to have a boo or a husband or a Valentine to allow yourself to experience and appreciate your own love. So love on you today. That's the, that's I'm start out with that, with that message. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I I do understand what you mean about that, um, looking for others for validation, but find that love from within. Hello, uh, Andreta. Andreta, that's a beautiful name. She said, hey, y'all beautiful ladies. Hello, hello, hi. Yes, you've been all over my page. Thank you for being here live. So we're going to get right into it. I just want to share with everyone the motivation of me doing this bonus episode. One, because it is Valentine's Day, but Sarita pretty much said it, you know, (laughs) (laughs) which is true. Find that love from within, because if we're waiting on it from other people, we'll be in a constant loop and waiting for someone else. We can find it from within. So this message goes, this show is for anyone who's a a single woman 
but you know you're a good woman inside. There's, you know, not, not flawed. You know, what, why don't I have a man on this Valentine's Day? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, so that's what the motivation is because I've been there before also. And I'm learning. So first, uh, Sarita, can you just tell everybody, we know you're the whole therapist, but who are you, Miss? This is like the question I've worked practically my whole life, it feels like, to be able to answer. <laughs> but I got answers now. That's what healing will do for you. I'm Sarita Yvonne. I'm your educated and validated relational trauma expert, your unapologetic half-hood, half-holy trauma coach, and your phenomenal psychotherapist. Hmm. If that <laughs> gave you all chills, you don't want to That'd be me. <laughs> so let's talk about it today. Today's topic is being single on Valentine's Day. You know, can I just add one thing? <laughs> I would love, yes, I think single on Valentine's Day is so important, but I also want to talk to my ladies who are in relationships that sometimes wish they weren't <laughs> because then it's real because I have been there. I have been yeah. uh, in a relationship, but wished I was alone. So everything that we talk about today will absolutely apply to you too, because we are going to break down why so many of us uh, struggle in our relationships and have so much conflict and don't get our needs met. Mm. Mm. I'm already triggered, but I have to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, Charmetra says, I'm in a relationship and I'm still here for Oh, and you gonna learn something today. So thank you for being here, sis. Thank you. And George, oh, I remember Georgette's name. She said that fucking part. Oh, <laughs> hey, baby. She is uh, one of my students of love. Welcome. I'm glad you're here. I would love your uh, feedback and your thoughts after we, or anytime during the podcast, but definitely let me know what you think. Right, definitely. So everyone, please put your questions in the comment section. We're going to get right to it. So for some of the ladies who have been in Sarita's class, and we're going to talk about the class as well, but I am a student as well in her class. There's a little feedback on your end. On my end? Yeah. Maybe if you turn the volume down a little bit possible. So while she's doing that, we've learned about attachment styles in her class so we're gonna go deep dive and peel back a lot of onion layers on one of the attachment styles but for those who do not know can you briefly explain attachment styles yes so i'm going to do my best to simplify everything that i talk about if you have any questions this is what we're here for this is a dialogue okay Um, so attachment styles are the way that you learn to love and bond And see, the interesting thing about attachment styles is I think we need to be learning about this kind of stuff in school, like, you know, the basics that we learn. We really need to learn, like, how the fuck did I come to be? Because when you understand that, you will be able to recognize and to process so much of what happens in your life. And so with attachment styles, They are formed in the first three years of life when we are absolutely the most vulnerable, when we don't have the language to express ourselves. But it is about you 
or humans in general, um, getting all of your needs met and getting them need your needs met in a way and in an environment from people who are safe and secure, meaning they are attentive, they mirror you, which means you're validated, your feelings are respected, they are responsive to you. Mm-hmm. Like it takes a whole lot of love and a whole lot of fucking energy to mm-hmm. raise a healthy, thriving human being. Now, if something goes wrong, whether it's the parents don't have the capacity, they're stressed, they're tired, they're impoverished, they're addicted, they're narcissistic, they're codependent, um, some things may go a little awry. So basically, I'm trying to be gentle with my language here. It means that you fundamentally learn and your brain is shaped around not feeling and being safe. A lot of us struggle with trust issues from when we were two years old, three years old, four years old. And this is what attachment style really um, seeks to understand and really explain about how how we learn to love. And I hope that explanation makes sense. It does. It does. And if anyone, again, if you have questions about that. So from my understanding, there's four attachment styles, correct? There is. Yeah. So we're going to go into the avoidance. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I want to make sure that I'm giving you information that's meaningful and makes sense. So I'll give you a very brief overview um, because they're typically, the attachment styles are divided into typically two parts, but then we can go even further. And that Mm. would be uh, in terms of the insecure attachment styles, which would be the anxious attachment style and the avoidant. Now, if you want to get very clear, um, the attachment style where, you know, you're balanced, you're confident, you're resilient, you're non-reactive, like you're good with folks, you have problems, but you bounce back quickly. That's called secure attachment. Now, the attachment style, when we are emotional, we're hungry for love, we engage in uh, fantasy relationships, we're like very clingy, we crave love and attention from other people, is called anxious attachment styles. Now the avoidant, which is like, we block in love, okay? I might want to be loved because as a human being, we all do. It's a drive to be connected to other people. Mm -hmm. But because of our trauma, we will (laughs) intentionally, unintentionally block it, create uh, circumstances, reasons. We will fear it. We will make excuses. And it's it's a it's a subconscious process. Like most people who are avoidant, which a lot of us good women, you are. I know, breathe. None of this is meant to blame or shame. No, not but at all. Understand how and why you block love. So the avoidant is emotionally distant. They might isolate. They have a lot of internal conflict. They might be dramatic. Dramatic, what way? Oh, I'm going to break it down. And unpredictable. So those are your basic attachment styles. So you said uh, in what way? So yeah, the dramatic part of it. Well, I can basically dramatic meaning that you use drama. Sound familiar? In order to attach people, not actual real 
intimacy. It's like pseudo intimacy. I'm coming mm. off like I'm very open and my heart is open and I'm ready for love. But my actions and my fears will actually prevent me from being vulnerable and deeply connecting to other people. Does that make sense? <laughs> body scan, body scan, body scan. <laughs> this is, I mean, this is where shit gets real. And when you understand the why of what you do, then you can change your patterns and heal. Otherwise, you're going to keep doing the same thing, attracting the same partners and feeling unworthy because of it. Oh, look who stepped into the chat. Look. Who in the chat? Who in the chat? That's if you, that is my that's my homie, my ride or die. Thank you for being here, Robin. <laughs> Can I um, put a pin in this for a second? Can, I'm going to step out of the hostess role, and now I'm going to show up as Ursula, the student of Love You. This is what I love about Robin. She has those note cards, and she would put them up in the chat. <laughs> when we talk about the drama triangles, I'm like, yes, Robin, it's exactly <laughs> My ride or die. And for my classmates, if the drama triangle sounds familiar, put a one in the comment section right now. <laughs> I yes. And so let me say, because we don't want any of our of your listeners to uh be like, what are they talking about? <laughs> I know. I, that's why I said let me step out of hostess role, but I'm back in the hostess. And, you know, I definitely want to see all of my ladies who recognize the drama triangle because the drama triangle is what I have been teaching extensively on because it breaks down how we find ourselves tapping in others to drama, being tapped in <laughs> to the drama, how we use drama as a way to stay connected to people. There's rules to this drama shit. It's not accidental. When we have complicated and complex relationships, we are stepping into roles. We are assuming an identity. We're wearing masks. And this is absolutely the source of a lot of dysfunctional relationships. Mm. There's, yes, there's an explanation for uh, much of what we do and experience in our relationships because it's really unaddressed trauma or unaddressed pain. So can you give more examples of what it looks like to be avoided, but you really do want love, but you're also avoiding it like the matrix, the love complex? Like, yeah. ah! <laughs> Exactly. Each one of us got a little Neo in us. Okay. That's yeah. real. And so, um, <laughs> look, I used to have my trench coat. <laughs> I'm telling you. So let me kind of, this is, this is, I think so significant and I'm going to break this down so that you understand what it looks like when you are in these basically trauma responses pattern in patterns mm -hmm. in your relationships. So the anxious, the, the clingy, craving for love. I'm, I'm fearing that you're not getting my needs met. I'm going to list all the receipts and all the ways that you're doing things wrong and you're not loving me the way that I need to, but yet I'm not even honestly expressing what I need. Okay, so that <laughs> behavior is clings to others. 
ax weak and vulnerable and then you will flip and then cuss the person out the next day but let me let me stay focused it's overwhelmed by your own feelings you are other-centered so you always want to do for other people you love a good rescue you addicted to people you will easily take a breath what i'm about to say easily be invaded by others what does because that mean? Um, you got, you know, there's some areas where you might have low self-esteem. You will act mm-hmm. incompetent, but then when it comes to saving folks, you move mountains. We crazy. We will <laughs> act insecure. We'll feel guilty, especially when setting boundaries. Craves intimacy and closeness. Has people pleasing tendencies and usually has suffered some neglect or trauma in childhood. Okay, so I want you to see this because I'm going to walk it out for you. I'm going to walk it out. Now, the avoided attachment style. So people who, we human, we want love, but it scares the shit out of me. (laughs) We will um, push others away. We act strong and vulnerable. Our ultra independence. Oh, yes. Ultra independence. It will help you get shit done, but it will block love. It will cut you off from your own feelings. So we kind of numb, you know, you will (laughs) actually be self-centered. A lot of us are self-centered, but we don't realize it. Uh, But uh, let me put a pin in that. (laughs) We are addicted to activities or substances. So instead of being connected to other people, we might be connected to things, work, food, sex, anything that people can be addicted to. It's like you're having relationship with external things and not necessarily deep, intimate relationships with people. You will have a mostly inflated sense of self-esteem. So we look, those of us who are avoiding or have avoided tendencies, oh, we know how to look good. We know how to put on. I know because this was my mask. I'm going to be fly in public and then cry when I'm alone by myself. That that's a sign of being a little avoidant. You will try to look good. You will act secure. You will act strong. You'll blame others. <laughs> blame is a tool because it's all about other people. Because that's a way that you avoid intimacy and closeness. You might act a little grandiose, and um, you will be controlling or a people controller. So you want to control things as an illusion and an attempt to feel like you have some power over things that you don't have power over. Mm. Can you explain the grandiose part? Oh, (laughs) so, and this is so, this can be a little bit difficult for us to acknowledge. And I will use myself as an example. It's hard to say, because I know y'all going to be bucking this one. Duck if you buck for real. Because of our, a lot of us have unresolved childhood trauma. And I think just being, growing up, being Black and having to adapt to a hostile world Ooh. is traumatizing. Because you have to become numb to certain things. So I think wow. a lot of us are... <laughs> A lot of us have a tendency to be grandiose, but we mask it. We mask it with being good, being a rescuer, being helper. Because see, if I'm rescuing, if I'm helping you, if I'm always giving to other people, then some part of me believes that you're not capable and I'm more capable. I'm better to tell you what to do and to tell you how to operate than you are. 
Wow. We don't like to acknowledge that as being grandiose, but it's like we use people. A lot of us do it. I know. Take a breath. A lot of us save and help and rescue. And we, we tell ourselves that we're good and that we're loyal because it shores us up. It gives us a hit of worthiness. So if I'm helping those who are less fortunate, those who aren't as smart as I am or capable as I am, then that gives me the one up position. Yes, because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm better. I'm better mm. at solving your problems than you are. Mm. And that is the root of a lot of whew, the our superwomen and martyr uh, roles that we play that it's difficult for us to see that. And that's because it's rooted in trauma. It's rooted in your experiences before you had words. Like I just talked about attachment styles. Mm. So we don't see it. How was that? Was that was that too deep? <laughs> yes, it was, but it's okay. It's okay. I mean, we're here to learn. So, yeah, I mean, I had some aha moments just now. I thought I was one way, but I see them. I have some avoidance sprinkled in my DNA as well. Oh, oh, and see, let me explain this. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. Because those of us who experience trauma, we can go to both extremes in the same relationship. You can cycle. So you can be clingy and needy and, you know, don't set boundaries. And then at the right time in the right situation, when the right things are said or done, or you have the right amount of stress, you can flip and go to avoid it and cut people off and act very strong and blame them and make them responsible and refuse to be vulnerable in an effort to protect yourself. So what I hear you saying is that attachment styles or the trauma response is not always linear. It's definitely fluid, right? It's not. And, and more recent trauma research has shown that you just don't have one attachment style. There is even research that shows you can have a one attachment style or a different attachment styles in different relationships. But when we have gone through a lot of shit, you can absolutely have both because so many of us have been taught to be adults. We never really got to be experience a childhood Mm. and that, yes, those experiences teach us that we don't know how to have balance and we're not secure within ourselves. So we can go to either extreme. And then say we want love, but you're doing everything to block real, deep, intimate love. And you're never allowing anyone to get to know you. That's what these attachment styles really are about. Girl, put that back up. Put that comment back up. (laughs) So we have a comment for those who cannot see it. Our sister said, how can one broken person try to help another broken person I did or was crazier for it that whole question is is the premise of what we are talking about because one person and I don't think anyone has ever really broken but when we've experienced trauma it can look and feel that way but if you are broken you can't goddamn save nobody but yourself 
That's why when she put that on there, I was like, I get it. That's why there's no judgment in this conversation because None. all of us. <laughs> no judgment. This is about understanding our patterns and our behavior. This is not any conversation that I ever have. There is no place for shame because shame None. is locked into these patterns. We have to be willing to tell the truth from a place of love and understanding. Yes. Can we uh, briefly talk about this? What Georgette said, this really touched my soul because I get it when she said that part grew up, not raised. Yes. That, that hurt. I felt that. That is what trauma, that, that is the basis of relational trauma is we were not raised. We were not, um, most of us were not given the space to really develop a sense of self. We were forced to play roles and to act a certain way and to not have emotions. And it's not okay to cry. All of these things um, may be familiar within our culture. I mean, the black culture specifically, mm. and even in the general culture. But I think for us, even more so, because of racism, uh, because that's real. You know, we don't have the luxury of acting and being and ex having certain experiences in the world because the penalty is high, wow. the possibility of death. So for us, um, I think in, our, in the Black culture, a lot of us have been raised to be numb. May I share? Unintentionally. I'm going to share my experience. So growing up, uh, my father was emotionally absent, is, and I used to see how he would talk and treat my mother. And then I used to say, when as a child, because as you're talking, I was really ringing. And as a child, I used to say, I'll never be soft like her because she's still being nice to him and he's going to keep doing this, 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 this. And now I see how it has translated as an adult where this whole time I'm thinking that I had the anxious attachment, but I was fluid and went into the avoidant because I remember I used, I used to think that cutting some men off was a freaking superpower. And wore that badge so proud. Like, look what I did. Now, I don't give a damn. Yeah, I left him standing at my door, knocking on my door, and I watched him from the window and got off on it. Girl, I'm done. Woo. Me too. <laughs> I didn't know that that was a voice. Yes. I mean, it keeps you in a position of power. Right. Yes. And when I we, felt empowered when yes. I did. Yes. I think so many women have become this way because we saw certain things growing up and we vow that won't be me. I'm not putting up with that shit. But because of that, we also never had the experience and we don't know how to have true vulnerability and intimacy. And when we come across a partner who requires that of us, the part of you that's afraid, the part of you that doesn't know how to bond securely will say, I just, I'm not attracted to him. He's boring. 
I'm just not feeling it. You know, it's just, we just don't have that chemistry because that chemistry that you're used to is based on drama and trauma patterns. Ain't nothing wrong with that good man. You need to heal. <laughs> I'm just saying, me too. This is, yeah. listen, I know, I know. Because it's tr it's your trauma patterns that are, these very patterns that I'm talking about are, first of all, let me say that research, plenty of trauma research shows that attachment dictate, dictates your adult relationships. So I'm mm. not just giving you my opinion on this. I'm talking decades of attachment research. And it's also important to understand, I think, in the Black community, for both Black men and Black women, we consider vulnerability a weakness. Yes. Do we not? Do we not fear it? Do we not think that it's, it's bad? It means that you will be prey. Mm -hmm. But because you haven't healed your trauma, you become prey anyway because you don't even recognize your patterns and that you attracted to predators. <laughs> no, I'm for real. I know we can't do that. <laughs> so you just putting it all in once again. Can you lube us up a little bit? Before uh, no, yeah. we're going in raw. We ain't got time. We've been hurting too long. Our kids, we pass it on our crazy to our kids. Fuck no, you've been getting it raw, dog. You're gonna get it raw today. <laughs> this is good raw. This is this is good raw, not the toxic raw. This is healing raw. Yeah, oh, I love what and you I'm said. A, I'm gonna hit all the walls, baby. I'm gonna hit all the walls. <laughs> but what you're making me laugh? But what really resonated when you said how we pass it down to our children. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Unintentionally, I really don't think my make well, at least in my case, I don't know. I just had another aha moment. My mom did intentionally because she used to just ignore it, she would do that with her hand, just ignore it. And so, basically, her coping skill was denial. So, when we when that's one of our coping skills when we are in toxic relationships. You will absolutely teach your child to deny it too, because your child is in pain. Your child is asking questions. Your child is like, why the hell is my, this happening? And mm -hmm. if someone, if, if a parent has unaddressed trauma and shame, then they will do everything that they can to teach the child how to disconnect from the real truth, from the real sense of self. Mm. Because the child's acknowledgement of what is happening that's, that don't make no damn sense triggers the parent shame. It triggers their, their yes, it triggers their issues because the child is naturally calling it out what mom and dad or whoever don't want to see. Yeah. So yes, we do teach the child our very <laughs> sometimes damaging and toxic ways of coping and relating because we haven't dealt with our stuff. Mm. Well, the beautiful thing is we have some engaged sisters on here. If you're not saying anything, the numbers are showing it. And I love that. We're all hungry for this. We are. And Anini, this was great. 
She said, generational trauma is real, but that cycle ends with me. Yes. Come through. Yes. I know you in the love you challenge. That's why we heal it for real. Okay. Not the false one. Can we touch on Georgette's comment? She said, our wounded inner child raising our children. Let's touch on that. Yes. Well, when we talk about attachment style, what we are talking about are our wounds, the way that we were wounded. And so many of us struggle because we were wounded before we really had, um, as you may have heard me say before, you you, you were pre-verbal, before you had the, the, the ability to understand emotions and express, which is why so many of us struggle with issues like anxiety and depression, because we don't really, you don't know and you don't remember that you're actually being triggered from a past emotional experience. I didn't mean to go too deep. So let me just, let me, let me make it a little surface. When we have unresolved wounds, no matter if it was six months or six years or 60, if we don't address those wounds, we will absolutely parent our children from those wounds because mm -hmm. those wounds are the ways that you learn to stay safe, even if it's toxic, even if it's dysfunctional. So you will unconsciously teach your children to do and feel and think the same way. You will. I had to breathe for a moment. It's real. It is real. And while you're talking, I'm thinking, even for the sisters who do not have children, it's still leaking out into relationships. Oh, it first of all, it will it, it will do more than leak out. It will determine your relationship because when I gave you the list of the anxious and the avoidant, mm -hmm. those two are naturally attracted to one another. You know, I was actually gonna ask you that question because I I never understood that part, how someone who's anxious, excuse me, how someone who's avoided, I get it. You want the love, but you don't. But how are those two, like uh, Georgette says, the toxic dance? Those are the most common relationship types. Because when you think of trauma patterns, they're a perfect fit. See, this is not logic, okay? This is how we, and I'm going to break down during the challenge, how we actually are attracted to people who will re-traumatize us or remind us of our trauma. So mm -hmm. if I grew up with a father, which I did, who was emotionally unavailable, who was physically absent, then I have learned that love, I have to work for love. I have to own love. That <clears throat> for me, what is familiar is being in love with someone who really doesn't know how or isn't capable or won't love me back the way that I really need it. That's what's familiar and human beings love in a way that's familiar. So if I grew up, like, for example, Ursula, you gave your um, uh, experience of a narcissistic father. Mm -hmm. Well, there's certain dynamics and it doesn't mean that everything that your father did or said, but the dynamics of emotional avail unavailability is normal for right. you. It was normal for me. Mm -hmm. So that pattern that dance of ha having the unpredictability of having the drama of having the chaos of having someone not meet your needs 
stems from attachment of how you learn to love. That's why you're a perfect match when it when you have unhealed wounds because that person is your wombmate. They will let you to continue to reenact these same patterns of love that you learned when you were two, three, four, five, six. Does that make sense? It does. It does make sense. For the avoided, do they do they get? I don't know what the correct word is. Like repulsed from someone loving on them. Uh, I can give another, hey, Erica, I can give another example of myself. I've dated, oh, I dated a man and he was, he was great on paper, but I remember we dated for about a year and a half. I'm like, damn, he never told me he loved me. Then we got in an argument driving down the street and he literally could not say he like it looked like he was trying to uh regurgitate acid <laughs> for real it, it seemed like he was repulsed by even being in that situation of course the relationship is no longer there but so here's the deal with, and, and you bring up a very good point with avoidance. So let me give you a benign example. Okay. Let's say a child grew up in an environment where whenever they showed any kind of vulnerability, they were shamed or punished or abused. So, hey, look, mom and dad, I made this. Nobody wants to see that shit. Go sit down. Or I'm too busy. Or um, I reach out for love and affection as any child normally does, but the parent is completely unavailable emotionally and physically. So mm. I've learned that anytime, and this is what happens because you've learned that it's not safe to feel, it's not safe to be vulnerable, it's not safe to be close to people because there will be pain and disappointment. So you've learned this. This is now part of your unconscious patterning if it happens continuously. And remember, when we're talking about complex trauma or relational trauma, it is trauma, whether it's very, uh, whether it's um, extremely traumatic or whether it's emotionally, emotional neg neglect or emotional abandonment. If it happens Absolutely. over time, in order to survive, the child must disconnect from their desire to connect to another human being, even though it's in them. They've learned that it's not safe. It's not safe. So as they grow through life, go through life, they can be very, you know, um, dependable and, you know, perform well at work and do all the external tasks. But wow. when someone tries to get close to them, it will trigger that old fear. It's called an abandonment wound. So it will trigger that fear and that insecurity that's deeply a part of who they think they are based on their pain. Mm. So when you try to get close to me, I will say, you need too much. I can't just give you what you need. And I will automatically retreat into my avoidant patterns, whether it's being a workaholic or engaging in some kind of substance abuse or sleeping with a bunch of women or saying, I, I just can't be in a relationship. Does this make mm -hmm. sense? Absolutely. I, it clicked in my head. Does it look different between men and women? No. Oh. 
I mean, we're human. So we're doing the same things. I think that it could look different based on how we are raised and cultural expectations. So for men, I think black men, I think too many young boys are taught that um, it's... (laughs) To, in order to be a man or be seen as a man, you need to be having sex with a bunch of women. You need to have a bunch of women. So I think a lot of them are taught things as men and as boys. These are tools that they have in their specific toolbox that help mm. them avoid attachment. Does that make mm. sense? It does. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, I'm really processing a lot of this right now. But this is some good stuff. (laughs) Yeah, Erica, you're right. She said, this is so true. (laughs) Georgette said, this shit is ghetto. This shit is ghetto, but it's human. Like, this is what happens when we don't, when we've not had the experience of having secure bonds. If we didn't have secure bonds with our caregivers or our parents, we will struggle to have secure bonds later in life because people are constantly triggering your wounds. Yes. Wow. Mm. Yes, another Erica said, this is good stuff. Yes, thank you. I'm glad. I'm trying to break it down as best as I can. Is it safe to say, can we go a little deep? No, we'll say that for the challenge. (laughs) I just got excited. Some folks can barely handle this. I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) Just put the tip in for them. But we want it to the best. And let me say one thing, because I think this is so significant for my super women that avoidant the avoidant um parts of you or if you have avoided attachment having needs can be scary because it's triggering your wounds so that's why for some of you you don't speak up for what you want and what you think you don't you you don't express your boundaries or hold your boundaries because it's not necessarily let me be clear because I'm trying to be gentle with y'all it's never the other person So many times we don't do things or we're doing things to avoid our own pain and we just make other people responsible for it. So Mm -hmm. us super women, we are doing a whole lot of self-disconnection and self-suppression in order to have relationships. But it's not that that's the way relationships need to go or that's not because, you know, uh, this is the right way. It's because it's how you've learned to disconnect yourself. And we all have to be willing to confront that. Mm. Because a lot of us superwomen, we ignore our own needs and it shows up in your relationships. It really does. It it really does. I love what Robin said about put down the damn cake. Exactly. we We gotta burn the fucking cape, as I say. But I think the challenge that some of us have with that is that when you discard the cape, there's nothing. And I, I'm trying to slow walk this. Slow stroke. There's nowhere else left to hide. Yes. 
And that can be terrifying for some of us. It can be difficult, it can feel difficult. But you can do hard things because you done been through a bunch of hard shit. So I know that you have it within you to be able to see yourself and to look at yourself and to own yourself when you put down the cape and feel your feelings. Some of us have spent our entire life not feeling feelings. And we yeah, don't know how know, to do it. Because I know when I have taken off the cape, I felt very exposed and it wasn't comfortable. And it was just easier, even if that cape had bricks in it, to put all of it and just shroud myself with it. Mm. In relationships, yeah, that's some stuff. Uh, may I read a couple of comments? So Erica's dope discussions live said, depending on others, for even a small portion of our happiness is scary when you haven't healed from past disappointments. I'm guilty. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And uh, another Erica said, wow, Lord, this is what was wrong with me. I shall confront this today. And see, let me say, Erica, (laughs) what I'm hoping to give all of you is some understanding about your patterns. This, what I'm explaining here is deep, but this is just the surface of the deep. We all need help and support. And this is why we struggle as we try to heal on our own. And you can't because you can't heal something that you don't understand. And I'm going to break this down more deeply during the challenge. So I encourage all of you, of course, to come to the challenge, but also to seek help and support in a way that makes sense for you because you need, we all need help to heal. We're he- healing generations of trauma. We can't do that just by reading one book or watching one video or 20 no. videos. <laughs> so, I, I'm listening. Go ahead, love. I was just going to say, I thank you for your honesty. Yes, that takes a lot of vulnerability. She took the cape off right there. That's amazing. And we do honor you for that, that vulnerability. And I love what Robin said to show yourself some love and grace. All right, everyone who's listening and watching, I just dropped Sarita's link about Love You Challenge. We're going to go into the next phase of this. We're going to talk about, as a matter of fact, piggybacking on what Erica said about addressing it. So we're going to shift it to the healing part and how to gain a tool on how to navigate through this healing. And if you click on that loveyouchallenge.com, that will take you to Sarita's challenge. And if you forget, take a screenshot of this right now, loveyouchallenge.com. And it's a free challenge. And guess what? It starts today. So Sarita, can you talk about what this love challenge is? And Anyone who has taken it, just drop in the comments your experience from being a part of it, whether it was the free challenger in her class. Go ahead, sis. Thank you. Thank you so much. So I created this Love You Challenge because I realized that most of us have no idea what, what how complicated 
<laughs> our issues and challenges really are. We have no idea how trauma has shaped our life. And because I, you know, make content and I'm, you know, <laughs> a therapist, I realized that a lot of what I was really wanting to get across, it really wasn't hitting home. It wasn't making sense to people because mm -hmm. they didn't even realize how their trauma was impacting them. Mm -hmm. And so I created this challenge, not holding anything back because I wanted to give everyone, all of my participants and just, you know, my sisters in general, the opportunity to see how their experiences, their childhood experiences have actually shaped their relationships, their adult relationships. You need to really understand what a trigger is because so many people use the word, they have no idea. And mm -hmm. how you're being controlled by your triggers. So the challenge is going to unpack all of that, including your core beliefs that you develop from the trauma because your core beliefs are really your identity. It determines who you think you are, not who you really are but who you think you are based on your unhealed wounds. Mm. Uh, if anyone who has taken it, if you'd like to briefly come on and talk about how the challenge has changed your life or what you learned from it, I will drop the link in the chat right now and you can come on and you can even tell Sarita hello. Are you okay with that, Sarita? Of course, I love it. Thank you. All right. So I just dropped the link and anyone will come on, you can. But I love what you have on your um, challenge about becoming a soulmate that you deserve. Exactly. So, so many of us, and I know this was me for so long. I was looking for the right one. Is he the one? Is he the one? Are you going to be my husband? Are you my husband? Like, I just had this fantasy of, you know, life will be better when I attract the one who has all these wonderful qualities. Some I had, some I didn't. <laughs> and how my life will be better. And it was all some fantasy bullshit. Because who I was looking for was me. What I really wanted was to be connected to my own soul. What I really needed was to burn the fucking cape. Because as long as we are wearing a cape, you're not connecting authentically to other people. You're not. I don't give a damn what you think you're doing. I don't care how loyal you think you are. You are giving things and showing up but you're not giving yourself, your real self, your yes. true self, your real feelings, your real thoughts, your real vulnerabilities, your real weaknesses. You're not giving that. And you're mm -hmm. hiding behind the drama that you are actively involved in. Let me tell you something. <laughs> this was my thought process before, look, <laughs> Audrina said, ouch. Yes. There's going to be a lot of ouch moments, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Going through these toxic ass relationships with self and with other people, that's an ouch as well, too. It Listen. Yeah. That, for uh, some of us, is emotional suicide. It's extremely Ooh. painful. It's extremely painful. 
and it can leave you feeling unworthy and unlovable. And it's not fucking true because you can never be unworthy and unlovable. But because of your trauma, you're picking the wrong person. And then you're, you are blaming yourself for what you didn't know. That's why we got to heal. Yes, the subconscious of it all. You know, I used to think <laughs> before therapy, well, if I work out enough, if I put my hair this way, if I say this, if I, because I always thought, well, I'm not into the material part, but it was still all, so I couldn't see it. And I'm still learning, still learning, but it was all external. I was not even thinking. Matter of fact, it was so deep in my subconscious, working on my inner self wasn't even a thought. That is so real. What you just said is so real. Me too. I'm like, oh, if I get some more degrees and I, I, you know, show I got something to bring to the table because I'm so smart and I got some money. <laughs> and I was working on myself. But even because of my trauma, I was working on myself, focusing on manifesting and not really getting to the root or even being able to see my own denial. Ooh. Ooh. And that really kept me making little changes, but not really transformational changes because I was still in denial about my own pain. Yes, exactly. Erica said, this is this has messed me up. I never knew how to express my feelings because of how I grew up. It never mattered. Sis, same here. That's real. It is real. And it's called trauma. It's called relational trauma. It is real. Because if you're a parent, if your feelings don't matter to the people who are supposed to love you, how do you learn how to validate your own feelings? You got to learn it. You got to teach yourself. You're responsible now. We're responsible. So speaking of teaching yourself... Hey, Tashara. So speaking of teaching yourself, how can you give a little tidbit about the challenge? Wait, before that, tell us when the challenges, the details, when, where, how can we reach you? Oh, okay. Well, of course, when you sign up for the challenge, you'll receive reminder emails with all the info. Uh, Please make sure that you uh, check your email, check your spam. And if the welcome email goes to spam, move it to your main inbox because you will receive reminder emails today. Um, it's happening at 7 p.m. Eastern time. All of the time zones are in the emails. I don't know about heart. And we are going to really be breaking down the root of trauma today. So it's happening. It's going down. It will be live streamed in our Facebook group for anyone wondering. Yes, it is only for Black women. Only. For Black women, please. Can someone um, only in the comment thread, please? Thank you. <laughs> because we need a, a private space to heal. We do. Um, yeah, so it's going down tonight. It is, it is five days. It is free. And it is transformational. I know it is. Because I wouldn't have it any other way, baby. <laughs> oh, that's right. It is transformational. Definitely. (laughs) Thank you, Nini, for the only. Nini is my new BFF. I'm telling you. 
let's read a couple of comments. The, the love is coming through. Georgette said, I kept looking for and choosing partners just like the parents that caused me pain, just like the parents that dismissed me and validated me, abused me, and muted me. Yes, Georgette, I get it. That's a that's my life right there. But I did not know it. I did not know it. I matter of fact, my last relationship, when I say it was a carbon copy of my parents, I could not believe it. And I couldn't see it. I could not see it. We we can't. We can't. And you know what? I'm gonna share this. I don't think I've ever said this out loud. We one day we were driving down the street. We were in a big ass argument, and I was crying so hard. And I said, "I can't believe I'm here like this." I said, "No one makes me this upset. No one but my father." You think I left that motherfucker? No. <laughs> That's I the dead. That's the dance. That's the dance. And so many of us experience pain growing up that we think that it's normal to experience pain in relationships. Like love Mm -hmm. is pain. And so that's why we choose people. And we don't often see how we're choosing partners like our parents or like the people who hurt us. We don't see it because we love in a way that is familiar. It's familiar to you like a fish in water. And you can't see it until you're willing to have the eyes to see. Yes. And I still had a glimmer of the eyes opening, but I just did this. Nope. I did this because he was making me feel good at some point. And I have learned mm, to dismiss the toxic parts, the, the ignoring and, you know, just the ebb and flow of the toxicity. So That's what happens yeah. in trauma bonds. That's exactly what happens in trauma bonds. That's how we stay bonded. It was a while. Yeah, it, it, it was a while. So, yeah, this is some good stuff. Um, with make Everyone, please make sure and click in the mm-hmm. comment section um, about the Love You Challenge. I love also what you said on your website about discerning the crazy makers who trigger your trauma and fear. This goes back yes. to what I talked about. And you can identify the characteristics of toxic individuals who trigger your fear and insecurities. Find the relationship traps that create the cycles of failed and painful relationships. Can we talk about the relationship trap? You need to come to the challenge, honey. So... Well, yeah, just the surf. Don't go deep. Do so, what, I could not um, say, you know, say the, the, what the real title is um, <laughs> in my ad, but it's actually discerning the crazy motherfuckers who trigger your trauma. And so it's important to understand I, well, the reason why I included this information in, in the challenge is because there are very specific behaviors that our partners do that trigger our wounds. It's not accidental. So if they are critical, for some of us, that's familiar. It's familiar, but it's also very triggering because it triggers that wound of not being enough. And a good predator, a good narcissist, he don't know shit about himself or herself, meaning they're not self-aware about their own stuff. 
but they can become extremely proficient at spotting, recognizing, asking, and acknowledging your triggers. That's how they hook you in. So you're actually being controlled by your own trauma and you think that it's this person. They are, they are controlling you by your wounds. It's going down. Yeah. But listen, I'm going to tell you, there's been quite a few of my love you students. I, I mean, I would never call myself the queen of breaking up, but I have been responsible for some relationships ending. I'm just saying. <laughs> So relationships that shouldn't have never been relationships in the first place. And it wasn't even my intention. And half the time I didn't find out till afterwards. But in one, one of my clients who joined, her boyfriend paid for her to join. Like, you, you need this. And then she called me a month later to talk about he didn't even know that he was paying for me to learn how to break up with his ass. And it's not because I'm not, I'm not an advocate of breaking up. But when you know who you are, when you understand your patterns, your soul won't let you tolerate. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. That is so true. Oh, Georgia I said, I'm done. <laughs> Georgia said, I'm single as fuck and didn't own it. But since love you, I own that shit. I yeah. love you. Thank you, Georgia. Georgia does the work, honey. She does yeah. the work. And that's what it, it requires. Like, we have to be willing to get an education in us if we want to break these generational cycles, break our own patterns. Well, more importantly, break the trauma bond we have with ourselves. Well, I think what she's saying is yes to breaking the trauma bonds. We are being controlled by our own trauma. And yes, you are. And that this is what the whole challenge is about. I'm going to walk you through what's happening and how it's happening. So you can understand because you can't heal something that you don't even understand. Mm, and Erica, dope discussions live. This is a great point. We're giving them the ammunition by sharing too much, too soon, and ignoring the red flags from the narc. Yeah, well, that comes from your attachment style, which is what this whole thing was about. So if we're hungry for love, craving for love, I need someone to be loved me. I don't want to be alone. I just, I need someone uh yeah. the predator spots that and because they know how to uh what's the word that i'm looking for they know how to morph into what you what Shame. you believe you need. yeah that's it that's it that's it they know how to do that and so you're giving the information th <laughs> it's called pseudo vulnerability like you doing fake ass mm -hmm. information by saying things about you divulging your wounds but you're not really really being or creating deep true intimacy because they're showing up with the mask and because you ain't healed your trauma you're seeing what you want to see you're not seeing them as they are you're exactly. ignoring the way they violate your boundaries because they will violate your boundaries quick and often because that's how they get you in a trauma bond. Can we um, add instead of boundary, in addition to boundaries, but the emotional boundaries? Oh, listen, they come in knocking that shit down. And they you know? do it under the guise of love. You know, like I'm here to rescue you. Meanwhile, yeah.
Yeah. And you're not alone. You are not alone, baby. You just you're you just have enough courage to be honest about it. And yes. that's what, uh, <laughs> a lot of us have to get to. Mm-hmm. Oh, we have a question for you. And uh Adretta, I get it. And you're right, she showed up with that statement. Uh Sarita, I mean Erica said, Sarita, what do you say to a person who seems to be afraid to heal? for real because they've made their own trauma their identity. Um, if they're if a person is afraid to heal for real then what do I say? Because my intention is to give a person enough love and validation to let them know that they can heal when they're ready. Because of course we never want to shame, we never want to push. Um, but a person has to be ready because the work is real and they have to be ready, not just to acknowledge their own pain, but to come to their own rescue with love and not shame and judgment. So they got to be prepared to not just allow themselves to get sucked into all the things they did wrong and all the bad decisions that they made, but to recognize that you've learned and you've been who you've been based on your trauma and you could not have done it any other way, but that you can learn when you're ready. So mm-hmm. I, I know one love who's afraid, but at the end of the day, you get to decide, are you going to let your fear of healing control your destiny and determine your mates? That's the question that we all have to answer. Is Are we making fear our false idol and worshiping at the mm-hmm. altar of fear? And choosing to do it, but pretending otherwise. It's your choice. False idol. That is so well said. Either way, you're going to walk through the fire. You're going to walk through the fire and get that ass tapped and burned and seared because of what you're doing unconsciously to yourself. Trauma will have you betray yourself. And you got to decide, is this the life that you want? This is your life we're talking about. Yes. So are you going to let that fear determine the course of your life? Are you? Like, because at the end of the day, your fear is only what you make it. You give life to your fear as a creative being, as a child of God. You can breathe life into this fear every single day. Or you can decide, I have fear, but I also have the courage to get through it. Mm-hmm. Use your creative powers the way you see fit, and you'll get what you get. <laughs> I once heard on this podcast, and he made so much sense when he's talking about breaking trauma bonds, whether it's with your own toxic traits or your other relationships you've been in. And he said he likened it to have having um, if you had cancer, and the doctor's telling you you are going to pass away in a year, but if you take these treatments, whether it's radiation, chemo, blah, 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 you're still not going to feel good. You're probably going to lose your hair. You're going to lose weight, any weight. But at the end, when you get through it on the other end, you're going to have another 80 years to live. And that's what he said. The choice is yours. Yes. And you'll have a longer life to live and a more quality life. And you'll heal. You'll heal. Hair grows back. The, you can gain weight back. 
Like all of that is temporary. It's temporary. The pain is temporary, but your life and the quality of life and the person that you become. Because if you allow yourself to go through the journey, to go through the valley, to meet your soul, who you become yes. in the process is really what your life is all is all about. It's really what your purpose is about. So you can say, well, I'm afraid. Basically, what you're saying is I'm afraid to step into my purpose. Because the, the transformation, it's not just, oh, I just want to get a lover, but it's like, who are you? Who are who's in there that been hiding all this time and running and being scared? That ain't the real you, baby. That ain't the God in you. That's really trauma is. talking. Exactly. You know, you really touching some people. <laughs> Erica said, Yes, I portrayed myself too long. I shall be healed. That's right, girl. Step and up so and do it. it. You know what to do. You so know what is. to do. Look, if show you forgot, let me uh, show it one more time. There we go. <laughs> Man, uh, Sarita, any parting words? This was good today. This was good. I knew this was going to be a good conversation. Like, <laughs> Um, but I want to say, hey, OG. Remember her from last time? Oh, yeah. Go ahead, sis. I just want to honor and acknowledge each and every one of you because despite whatever you've been through, despite what decisions you've made or what crazy ass relationships, Mm-hmm. You have the courage and the willingness and the desire to show up for yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy to, you know, build receipts of all the things that you think that you have done wrong. But I promise you that's trauma because there's so much about who you are, the miracles you've created, the wonderfulness about you. So while I talk about trauma, the whole point is to be able to shift your vision to understand and embrace your innocence because you are innocent, my loves. You are. You have done the best you could with what you had and your trauma is not your fault. You are not to blame. You never were, but it is your responsibility to heal. to put in the work to love you Mm, 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 mm. that's good stuff I encourage everyone to step into their power and purpose and let's continue this healing so we can show up as a true God we are that's right healing for real I love this Yes, I'm walking into my purpose. You are giving me some good medicine. I love it. Thank you, Erica. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here live, too. Thank you. And Regina just signed up for the challenge. Hi, Hi, Regina. That's right. It's going down. (laughs) I will definitely be there. So everyone, make sure you please, uh, once again, take a screenshot or sign up right now so you won't forget and visit Sarita at loveyouchallenge.com as well as go to Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together and sign up or subscribe because I definitely have, oh, that way you can go back and look at other 
videos that Sarita and I have done about the Black Superwoman and Toxic D. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and toxic relationships with family. But yes, yes. It was, they're all amazing videos, but here is it right there. Go to the Black Girls Getting Your Ship Together. And then you can look at Sarita. Point to your name, Sarita, the whole therapist. That's me. Yes, that's me. (laughs) Make sure a lot of you are already you follow me, so you know, um, you know, you know where to find me. I love you all, and I'm so grateful for you. And I'm just grateful that we healing. We are for real. And uh, Erica just signed up. I'm glad. Welcome. All right, you all. Thank you so much, and um, we'll see you all in class. And yes, Erica, yes, make sure and like and share this video with someone. Yes, do that. Do what Erica said. At least share with two of your sister friends because we got to increase this healing circle. That's right. Yeah. That's right. You all have a, Serena, will you come back again? Always. <laughs> I'm a show favorite. <laughs> Always. Yeah. Let's do that for sure. Everyone have a beautiful Valentine's Day. Make sure and love on you. Make sure you get your shift together. And let's hear. Oh, yeah, Sarita. Sarita, can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, good. Guess what? What? You are a black girl that has her shift together. I work so hard for it. I own it. the queen sisters manifesting their dreams get your cream by any means and being with self-esteem beauty supreme and booty walk so mean the way you fit in them jeans you eat your cornbread and greens dance or a doctor red wine or vodka redesign your spot and redefine your mantra retwist your locks and realign your chakras doing your squats and getting closer to god huh brunching with your squad or taking a girl's trip adjust your crown you guys give to the world sis celestial body drink your water meditate sun kiss goddess heavenly order Tribe of Ashanti, black girl magic, melanin popping. Whether you ratchet or lavish, whether you bougie or savage, you a gift and a treasure. You got to love a black girl getting a shift together. Black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, man. These black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, dog. God made you, boo, you know he showed out. Mahogany enchantress, blessings overflow now. Picture of success, seductive silhouettes on a spiritual quest. Manifest and be blessed. Mother, sister, auntie, tribe of Ashanti. Rocking your locks, I got a close crop blondie. The curse and the gift uplift, apply pressure. Nothing like a black girl getting a shift together. Nothing like a black girl getting a shift together. Nothing like a black girl getting a shift together. Black girls are getting a shift together. Black girls are getting a shift together, man. These black girls are getting a shift together, 
man, these black girls are getting they shift together. joining me on this episode of Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. If anything you heard today made your soul vibrate, please like, comment, and share this episode with two of your friends. Thank you and I love you all.